No, you tell it. No, you. I'm not telling it. You should totally tell it. <laughs> well, you should tell it. No, you tell it. Hello and welcome to Know You Tell It, a hybrid story incubator slash performance series. Each Know You Tell It participant develops their true life tale on the page and then switches with a partner to perform each other's work on stage. Because nothing informs your story like hearing someone else perform your story. Iracel Rivero contemplates her life in America and her first trip back to Cuba after leaving as a small child. And along the way tries to answer the question, where are you from? Miriam Lipner reads, I came over on a boat. Free! Only wanna be free! We huddle close. Hang on to a dream. On the boats and on the plane. We're coming to America today! God, I so unapologetically love that song and all the hope and sappy joy it conjures. I don't have a real memory of it myself, but rather something resembling a dream where I'm throwing up over the side of a boat, watching little red fish jumping spastically in the choppy waters. My mother, sister, and I huddled together on the deck floor with leathery men leering at us from shaded corners. Then a flash, and we're on solid ground under a tent covering a barrage of military-style bunks with itchy brown blankets. A pink haze over everything from the bright South Florida sun seeping through the tarp above us. When I think of it, it's my womb memory. I came over on a boat. Seriously. I know, I know. But your English is so perfect. (laughs) usually the comment I get from supreme geniuses who, bless their hearts, genuinely can't wrap their heads around the concept of a a peer having immigrated to the States. Well, yes, people, four-year-old me on an overstuffed boat with my mother and sister crossing the Florida Straits. Very few souvenirs remain from the experience. A white plastic bag with a big red cross symbol on it that lasted quite a while once filled with what must have been important supplies for the mess of refugees coming in, we found a much better use for it later as a home for our pink foam hair rollers. (laughs) I still have the white leather sandals and the tiny little peach jumper that I wore on the voyage, made by my grandmother from 1950s fabric that would barely fit on one of my legs now. Both were so island summery. I wonder how I fared the May waters without more fabric covering me. And of course, there were the gifts of post-traumatic stress later that converted into panic and anxiety, which have lingered the longest. (laughs) (laughs) Lucky me. (laughs) We settled in Bridgeport, Connecticut. At the time, a depressed blue-collar town famous for P.T. Barnum and a huge GE factory that had closed down and moved operations four years earlier, leaving behind a big, huge ghost of a building. Deindustrialization, they called it. The city had an immigra- uh, a, a history rather, of immigration, so I guess it wasn't that big of a deal for us to join the party, even if it was a far cry from the warm tropical life we knew. My mother took a job at a fish hook factory by day and cleaned a bank office at night. So, there I am, a little immigrant 
restarting my young little life, speaking Spanish at home, learning English from NTV, Sesame Street, and Mr. Rogers. <laughs> we lived there for six years before my father could finally join us. He wasn't allowed to come with us, and only years later could he get an exit visa via Costa Rica. Years after that, we followed the rest of the family south back down to Florida. A few years after that, we followed, oh right, after 10 years, I flew the coop and boomerang to the Northeast, living in New York City on my own. The third of rebirths. So let's get technical for a second. I am not first generation. No, more like 0.5 generation. <laughs> Stuck in limbo of sorts, not quite here and not quite there. Living in New York City, you come across a lot of point fivers. I've been friends with Russian, Chinese, Japanese, Indonesian, Korean, French, Colombian point fivers. And I know there are tons of others. People who came to the US as little kids and were raised here with this unsettling sense of where do I fit in? Once upon a time, I thought I would get interviews from fellow point fivers to see what the common link was in our American experience. I thought I would end up with enough material to make an amazing documentary. Kind of like the movie Babies, but as adults, and all those babies came together in the city. I wanted to bring us fame and attention. But then I got distracted with another art project, collecting deli bags with the names of factory workers stamped at the bottom. I know you've seen them. Well, if you read the names, they're all very people of color. Look. Today's cheese danish was brought to you by Leda Rezet. I mean, come on! Seeing those names reminded me of our own beginning in America. Back in the factories in Bridgeport, which I romanticized as this misguided immigrant ideal, living out the American dream one deli bag stamp at a time, like, like leaving your mark. Do you know what my problem is? I have the attention span of a tree frog. <laughs> Way too many ideas. I mean, it's probably fostered by the notion that in America you can or be or do anything. So you see, I'm obsessed with the topic. It's strange to me. The United States is all I know. I mean, look at me. I'm as American as the next kid. Okay, maybe not entirely. <laughs> but I speak, read, write English better than I do Spanish, and I make a damn good apple pie from scratch. <laughs> but I guess what the boat experience makes me is special. Or something. Right? I really, it's the only thing I feel I can claim. Like, believe me, I claim it at every turn. Even when I meet other Cubans, they are either almost always much older or were born here, making them real first generation. I will always have the boat to float me. <laughs> Funny thing is, I don't really fall into the Latina norm by any means, though it's totally in a Latina magazine article once. <laughs> but in terms of day-to-day -day culture, don't ask me what's hip. I only listen to my dad's old LPs of Perez Prado and Julio Iglesias, which are 500 years old. <laughs> when I go to the grocery store in my very Latin neighborhood, the checkout girls always switch to English when it's my turn, as though I wouldn't understand them. And 
Who am I kidding? There's only one Cuban I enjoy hanging out with, and he's only a happy. <laughs> Still, it's pretty much my main identifier. So what does it all mean? Coming to America! <laughs> Living as a point fiver. I returned to Cuba in 2003 for the first time after 23 years. I was an adult, living here in the city, sharing my queen's apartment with a girl I couldn't get along with, and a deadbeat artist boyfriend. I was in between jobs and had no health insurance. I had lived through 9-11 and was very seriously contemplating leaving the United States permanently, like so many of my unhappy cohorts at the time. It seemed like a perfect time to take two weeks away from life as I knew it. I went with my mother, this being her first time back too. I was terrified, as I usually am when traveling to another country. Did we have the proper paperwork? Will we have to bribe the agent in Havana? Will I get by with my third grade level of Spanish vocabulary? <laughs> we were greeted by family at the airport. A cousin had to borrow a car from a coworker, luxury earned from working medical jobs in Venezuela. The rest of the family piled onto a sidecar motorcycle. This was it. This was my family. The flesh and blood that stayed on the motherland. On the ride from the airport to my grandmother's house, I sat by the window taking in all the new colors and smells. It was as if I was drifting through a shipwreck. Once gorgeous buildings now crippling with dry, peeling skin or being held up by stilts or crutches in colors that don't exist today. Muted shades, remnants of a more modest time combined with years of vapor's decay. The nights were still and quiet. The sky a dark blanket of polka-dotted bright stars. I took a walk with my mother through the old neighborhood where we used to live and was overcome with a feeling of deja vu. Was my circuitry tweaking at this long-lost memory? I had been here before, walking those streets as a very little girl. I remember venturing away from the group lunch one day. We'd, we'd had lunch at a, in a downtown-like area in Havana. The rioter had struck up a lively conversation with my mother and cousins. I didn't feel like participating in another loud post-meal debate. Decided to take a walk a couple of blocks towards the big boulevard that runs along the Malecón. I was an avid picture taker at the time, and I was clicking away in my Nikon F-150 when a handsome young guy sitting alone on one of the many monuments and statue parks in the city asked me, hey, where you from? <laughs> Very heavy accent. <laughs> I gave him a once over, and I mentioned he could speak to me in Spanish. The donde eres? <laughs> she did in Spanish. They're key from here, I said. No, no, no. He continued. But where you from? <laughs> Hayden seemed to buy it. The question stopped me for what felt like ages. The way moments hang about underwater. I didn't know. I didn't know how to answer him then. And in a way, I don't know how I would answer him now.
Switching it up, Miriam Lipner explains what happens when an Israeli-born mom takes her American children back to visit the mother country. Coming home is great, but when you want to leave, Mama Israel makes demands. Here is First Performance, read for us by Iricel Rivero. The Tel Aviv airport was crowded, and we were definitely in a hurry. The air was filled with cigarette smoke and way too cold for the shorts I was wearing. (laughs) My mother and older brother were close by, and when I saw my opportunity, I grabbed it. Or rather, shoved it. My brother, that is. (laughs) I shoved my brother as hard as I could, and he looked at me like I was insane. So I shoved him again! A little harder this time, and when he looked at me like I had totally lost my mind, I rolled my eyes and and mouthed to him, shoved back. <laughs> <laughs> and then he remembered the plan. Edge, <laughs> my brother cried. That hurt. Mom. <laughs> and so we began. I'm telling the story because I'm confident that the Israeli consulate does not generally send spies to off far away venues. If you're friends with a spy, please refrain from sharing the following tale. <laughs> When I was eight years old, my family took a trip to Israel for the summer. My mother was born there and moved to the United States when she was 10 years old. This was her first time returning to her childhood home. Israel has some strange laws regarding citizens returning. My mother legally had dual citizenship with both Israel and the United States, which meant both could claim her as her child. Now, we all know that some parents require more from their children than others. <laughs> and Israel was no exception. Uh, especially when it came to the children who abandoned her. Oh, sure, go ahead and leave. It's fine. Live your life. I don't need you. No. But if you want to come back, if you miss me so much that you need a hug, well then... Now I have rules. (laughs) So you thought your children should know what Israel is like, huh? Yes, please. (laughs) You want them to play in the streets like you did and feel the freedom of the Mediterranean Ocean. You don't mind? (laughs) Oh, you want them to love me like you once did. And visit your family while you're at it, eh? Exactly. All right, bullchicks, then pay up. Mama Israel wanted cash. <laughs> Reentering the state of Israel was free and greatly encouraged. You can even join the army if you, des- if you so desire. In fact, as a child of an Israeli, I can join the army if I wanted to. Quick side note, the image of my mother and I attempting an army life would be quite the sitcom. <laughs> My mother running around making sure everyone's very careful. I <laughs> her massive arguments with my bleeding heart politics. Hysterical. <laughs> when you show up on sweet Mama Israel's doorstep, she'll give you a big smooch and make you months of ball soup the minute you walk through the door because really, you're getting too skinny. <laughs> However, proceeding to leave her beautiful trees and cultures two months later, well, that was a very different story. In 1984, she was asking for about $400 cash. So essentially, Israel has an exit fee policy only for citizens who had immigrated. 
My parents, who as a general rule are massively loyal to Israel, disagreed with the policy, probably due to a combination of moral opposition and for very expensive tickets from California. <laughs> We'd also spent our lives donating to every Jewish cause and concern. And my brother and I had been putting quarters in the Zedarka boxes, i.e. donate to Israel boxes, since our fingers could clutch quarters. I mean, enough was enough. <laughs> Fortunately, while the policy was well known, it was not well organized. We concocted a plan. <laughs> Very simple plan. My parents had told my older brother Aaron and I to distract the passport checkers. <laughs> Being generally well behaved, they essentially told us to pretend to be the obnoxious children we were not actually allowed to be. <laughs> These government workers would be so annoyed they wouldn't notice that one of our passports had the telltale black and white photo announcing my mother as an Israeli citizen. So if the individual behind the counter didn't see that one of these pictures wasn't like the others, <laughs> uh, we would be home free. We thought that turning into loud, whining American children would increase the odds of actually getting away with it. It was my very first acting job. <laughs> and I was totally psyched. After over two months of water fights and leaving each other buried in the sand, I think we both found enough actor motivation to arrive at the Tel Aviv airport for our long journey home. Curtains up. Mom, he shoves me! Children, I just, oh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> Mom, I didn't shove her as he shoves me. Oh no, oh, oh no, oh, oh no, oh, what is this? Judgment. 
Like, abruptly, she handed my mother back all of our passports and broken English. Said, okay, that's okay. You just go. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> it actually totally worked. <laughs> we hurried to our plane, and I shoved my brother one more time just to solidify the performance. <laughs> Even then, I understood the concept of falling that's it thanks for joining us for this installment of No, You Tell It visit us on the web at knowyoutellit.com